Stag. Man and his amazing friends. All right, we can we can get started. Okay. You want to lead in, cool. Griff, Griffin? Uh, no. I think you should. Dave, take us in. Take us in, Dave. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Stegman and his friends. Amazing podcast. Um, it's yeah. All right. I'm All your right. co-host well, today, Dave Acosta, with my co-host, Saladin Ahmed. Say hello, Saladin. Hey. Uh, hey, you're good what's up, guys? Today, as guests, is, uh, we got Ethan. We got hey, Griff, the supples. So we're going to get going. Uh, there's Dave, no one else uh, on there. Do well, you want to? Do you want to be the next person to steal the show? We've already had Charles Soul. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was slick, man. I don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to Zadarsky the podcast. You already seem more qualified <laughs> to host this podcast than either of those two gentlemen. So, <laughs> good work. Uh, well, first off, this is this is of course one of our signature segment live streams. Uh, and there's a couple of things that need to happen before it's an official Stegman live stream. Uh, folks in the chat, I think you know what we're talking about. Um, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and chain up? I'll go ahead and man bun. Oh, up, shit. And it'll, oh be shit. A, uh, and it'll be a stream. Hey, in the chat. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Ryan, Ryan's son. In horror that this is this is his. Oh yeah, Griffin. For the chain and the bun. That's what people are gonna call us. That's our actually our rap duo. Chains and buns. Well, (laughs) now that it's an official live stream, welcome to Stegman and his amazing friends. Fantastic intro right there by Dave Acosta. Thanks so much uh, for bringing us in, Dave. And it's Ryan Stegman's show. Ryan, how's it going? It's going great. I'm here with my fellow Michiganders. There's only one yeah. of us that's not currently in Michigan on this podcast, and that's oh, really? lives in. where do you live, Ethan? Like Alaska. Mars? Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Ooh. That's right. Ooh, yeah. Me and Ryan just went for the same bit there. That <laughs> that's that's the sort of chemistry that you develop over a year of podcasting. Would you say, Ryan? Yes, I'm looking. Okay. At my, I, I gotta stop doing that already. All right. Um. Hey, everybody in the chat, we got a super awesome show for you with. Mr. Dave Acosta and Saladin Ahmed. We got two fantastic guests this week. Can you believe it? Answer, yes, you can, because we're the best goddamn podcast out there. That's me cracking open <laughs> a nice sparkling water. So, Ryan, you just mentioned we got several Michiganders on the show here, and that's pretty dope, if you ask me. Um, so Michigan creatives represent killing it. We got a whole bunch of comics folks from the mitten here. Very cool. Where uh, uh, we can kind of go down the line, because Ryan, we've talked to you about it. We know. Saladin, where are you from, man? Uh, I'm from Dearborn. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, like a lifer? Very, uh, You've been there your whole life? I haven't been, no. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the burbs now. I don't talk about where because there's crazy people out there. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> uh, no, serious. But, uh, but um, yeah, Dearborn raised, man. Fortson High School alumni, 1993. So, oh, my thanks. God. Awesome. Yeah. Very, and, very uh, yeah, I put, put in a few years in New York, uh, but, uh, but I've been back here in Michigan almost 10 years now. So Sweet. I love it here, man. Absolutely. I'm over in Grand Rapids, uh, so West Michigan area. Ryan, of course. You know, he's, he's, you guys are close. Um, you guys are closer. Uh, Dave, where are you at, man? Uh, I'm, I'm in like the northwestern suburbs a little more. I'm not going to say either. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is, 
Saladin, Ryan, and I are all like within 20 minutes of each other. Like yeah. under normal circumstances, yeah. we could easily be doing this in person. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it's just yeah. so funny yeah. to go through all this trouble. <laughs> you're just and you're just down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what Ryan? Ah, we should have made a whole. We should have made it a whole thing. I could have road tripped across the state for it. We could have had a nice get together, and we all well, would have had a great time, was... except for Ethan. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Griffin. I think you've been out at the clubs and all that, so I, I don't think You're I can right. be around you. Oh. Saladin and Dave, I trust. <laughs> I know they've been yeah. staying You home. know we have no lives. So. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. I'm one of those problematic millennials <laughs> running around and saying, fuck the old people or whatever the hell they're saying. Out there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's okay, awesome. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Well, dope, guys. Uh, happy to have you both here. Hey, all right. So up first on the docket, because we got a lot of stuff that we want to chat with you guys about. Uh, but most recently, you guys announced a new creator-owned title, Dragon. And I'm super excited to get some details on that. Uh, the little bit that we've seen from it is fantastic. Um, Saladin, why don't you go ahead and start? Tell me about Dragon. Tell me about how that came about and what you guys are hoping to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I've always been a kind of history nerd and a horror nerd and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, dragon is sort of those things coming together. I, I, I've thought about a long, for a long time, uh, uh, my angle on the Dracula story. Um, you know, it doesn't, seems like a story that's been told from a lot of different angles, but you know, one Mm -hmm. of the things that's always interested me is Islamic history, Middle Eastern history, um, for obviously personal reasons, but also just for nerd out reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things nobody ever talks about is the fact that uh, the historical Vlad the Impaler, uh, when they talk about him having this forest of bodies and things like that, those mm-hmm. were uh, those were Turks mostly. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a conflict with the Ottoman Empire. And so there's this whole cool middle uh, uh, Middle Eastern medieval story there that I think is uh, is there to be told. And. You know, it's it's kind of a nugget of something that's been in the back of my head for a few years. But uh, more recently, I kind of had the time and space to think about it a little bit more and who these heroes would be and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, uh, Dave and I took uh, a, a previous creator-owned project with another writer uh, down the road a little bit. And, uh, you know, we didn't get tons done, and it, it unfortunately never ended up finding a home, even though it was dope. Um, and mm-hmm. it was, it was about an alien invasion of Detroit actually. That and, sweet. Uh, uh, but just based on his work on that and, uh, and then the kind of horror work he's been doing on kind of licensed stuff since yeah. I was like, I, I knew immediately that he was who I was going to go to with this. And so, uh, yeah. So I went to him and I said, here's the pitch. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. And was immediately coming with great ideas and it's been evolving ever since. Awesome. Um, for people that don't know, Dave is a part of the Skype group that we talk about sometimes. We've had Riley Rosmo and uh, Daniel Warren Johnson on here, Kenny Porter. Uh, Dave is also in that group. So I have seen every page that he's done of Dragon so far, and it's <laughs> awesome. It's That's super so awesome. Thanks. Hell yeah. Uh, Dave, why don't, you, why don't you talk to us about uh, some of the work you're doing on there and what's most exciting about it for you? Um. When uh, Saladin and I have been talking since we did this pitch, like in 2016, we've been trying to do a, something together. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, he got to me. He's like, "You ready?" And I go, "Yeah." Which and he's like, "Dracula." And I'm like, "Oh well, I'm in. Like, I love horror. Um, mm-hmm. I've 
I've, 80% of the comics I've drawn have been horror, which is like weird, yeah. right? Like you yeah. don't expect like to have a career drawing horror stuff, but uh, luckily I have. And so I was down and it was, it's such a unique angle because you've seen mm -hmm. Dracula a million times. Mm -hmm. And um, even trying to be historical, uh, you know, with Vlad the Impaler, but like I've never seen it from this angle before. And it's like just super exciting. And um, mm -hmm. I've sort of taken uh, a different stylistic uh, uh, turn with it. Like sure. I'm doing all pencils with uh, like gray wash. Mm -hmm. nice. Like gray watercolors mm -hmm. instead of like, so there's no ink on it at all. And it's very just, interesting. Uh, it just kind of fit vibe of the whole thing and it's coming mm -hmm. out like you know it's kind of surprising me because i'm like oh okay i can do this <laughs> nice like, <laughs> cool. yeah. um so yeah so that's yeah it was so it was so but, funny because we went back and forth you know when we were kind of putting together thinking about who the team would be for this blah, blah, blah. and uh you know i was like well do, do you want to ink this do we want do you want to hire someone else to ink this should we and, you know, we batted back the four possibilities. And then, you know, Dave was like, well, you know, here's what it looks like without inks. And yeah. I was, and, and here's what it looks like with inks. I was like, mm -hmm. no, no, just just do the pencils, man. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then he ran, you know, we kind of just kept going in that direction. And it's it's really, it's a unique look that, that I think is really fits like a period book. It feels like uh, oh. almost, almost more like illustration in a lot of places, you know, than yeah. like a mm -hmm. traditional comic book. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Knowing Dave, he's like the perfect guy to draw this thing. A, because yeah. he's a horror weirdo. Not like, he's not like a, like a normal horror fan. Like Dave only likes <laughs> horror movies from like 1970. Like, <laughs> no, it's like oh, yeah. 73 to like 89. Yeah. There you go. That's what right. I watch my work all day, every day. It's like <laughs> this era of like, like probably like the height of VHS rental. Yeah, like I'm just yeah, watching right. all the ones I no, couldn't rent totally. as a kid. Uh, you know, that, that, oh, go ahead. Go that, ahead. I mean, just that, that, that matters, right? I mean, Ryan, you know, that, that energy between mm -hmm. writer and artist, right? And the different bond you have with one writer and artist is going to produce a very different book than if you have a bond, a different kind of bond with a different artist and writer. And, you know, being of the same age uh, group, roughly, and being the same kind of nerd who, who rented too many VHS tapes and watched, uh, you know, like that's that you can, there's so much that happens without having to communicate it. You know what I mean? And it's, right. uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool when you have that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And of course, uh, Ryan has, uh, been dabbling in horror a whole bunch recently between Venom and Absolute Carnage. And we're all very excited to see all that true. cranked up to 11 in uh, King in Black uh, coming yeah. out in December. Nice little plug. Thank um, you. Good job. I've had an inside glimpse of that. And it's, it's yeah, it's bananas. It's cool. You know, awesome. The reason Damn. I wanted to do this podcast, Ryan, was to welcome you to the Masters of Horror Club. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you and I discussed it, and we think that you're eligible do I get a jacket or something? What do I get? Um, you get a six-pack of Coors Light. Okay. And uh, small jets, one topping. Excellent. <laughs> well, deep dishers or round. It's jets. It's nope. got to be deep dish. Yeah. Griffin, yeah. come on. a round. What do you like? Six? I don't know. Listen, I don't know what everybody's preference is. I, I, fuck it, never mind. How about cottage in, though? Cottage in is my go-to. 
No, like, we're not talking about this. It's it's. I guess if you're like. You don't want to have a specific like, talk about Michigan pizza chains, Ryan. You don't think that's accessible content? That's what no. people are here for, to be honest. <laughs> I would love to to go down the line uh, while we're on the topic of horror, just real quick, and talk about some of your favorite horror stuff or influences. Maybe your favorite movie uh, or or uh, artist in that sort of genre. What's kind of influenced you the most? Maybe in your current projects or just altogether. Well, I mean, uh, you go, Nate. You go first. Uh, currently, I have my laptop on a uh, artist edition of Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula. Oh, uh, that's it. That's like the holy grail for me. Like, <laughs> do, like going through Dragon and even like the Elvira stuff, I'm just like constantly swiping from, just trying to like get power from Gene Cole. And uh, Ryan always makes fun of me because I'm like, he says I'm like 80 years old because I only like <laughs> artists and stuff that are dead. But, yeah. but to me, that's it. And then like guys like Kevin Nolan, mm-hmm. like he's like an incredible, um, he does a lot of good horror stuff. That would be for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. I have like dorkily uh, old tastes you know i'm mean, both in like the horror stuff in film you know mm-hmm. i mean I, I was an 80s kid so i i totally I, I i watched every single fucking slasher film from every single franchise multiple times but when i really like what's the dna in this book is more like hammer horror and stuff like that right stuff from like the 60s and 70s and yeah. uh um but but artist wise you know, it's interesting because if, if I'm thinking of a comparison point for some of the stuff that uh, that Dave's doing, although this this might surprise him, um, I'm seeing some some Bernie Wrightson, you know, in some of these mm-hmm. in some of these nice. drawings, and yeah. uh, and 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 it's it's making me very happy. <laughs> so Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein. I think like I saw that as a kid, and I'm just like, oh no, this is what I need to do. Like mm. yeah. this is a thing. Like you can just draw this stuff. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. I didn't see that as a kid. I feel like I would have been like, well, I can't do this. <laughs> Ryan. No, I never stu- I never let lack of talent stop me from ever <laughs> walking in. Like, oh yeah, let's do this. Let's just get good later. Absolutely. Just dive in. Ryan, what about you? What? What are you asking me? What's horror. Your, the horror stuff. I don't know. My, You're just my like, inner turmoil. My All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm not I'm not a crazy horror fan. Like I'm not anti horror or anything, but I don't seek out horror as a genre. I do love creepy and eerie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as like when I started drawing more horrific stuff, I just kind of felt like maybe I am deep down a horror fan who just never was exposed or something. Or again, like I'm just a you know fucked up individual who. Can channel that very easily. I don't I, know. I feel like the stuff you've been doing over the last couple of years is more in tune with what your style always was. Yeah, than probably the straight possibly. superhero stuff. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's just I just like uh, gritty, dark shit. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, man. What about favorite horror movie then? Anything? Um, I loved. I, I don't know if this is my favorite. I mean, if Jaws counts as a horror movie then that's the best but that's more of like a thriller the horrors of the horrors of podcasting over um, skype <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, the witch the witch mm, was, that's a great was, movie i feel like that's just a recency bias but that's 
one of my favorite movies I've ever seen, and that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Robert Eggers. Did you see The Lighthouse? That's I his... love The Lighthouse, yes. It's so, a very strange yes, movie. Yeah. I could talk about it for hours, but we're not going to waste the whole podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Good. Saladin, Dave, did you see The Lighthouse by chance this past fall? No. I no, was seen it, it, Was it Recommend. made past 1989? It came out. <laughs> exactly. it, it, yeah, it, it, it was. Okay, okay. Yeah, past 89 doesn't matter at all. You guys so. saw The Witch, though. I watched I five minutes it, of it. Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. So... It's interesting because we're talking about Dragon being kind of like uh, taking all this stuff from history and everything like that. Um, both of Robert Eggers' movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse, are very sort of culturally specific. Uh, yeah. And he's clearly done his research and everything like that. And so like everything from the costumes to the accents uh, and and um, all of that sort of stuff is like really, really researched and specific in those movies. And that's like part of what is kind of... Uh, I don't know. All encompassing of of it all is is sucks you into the viewing experience. So highly recommend those two movies. And that's my plug for a twenty four. That leads me to a question: What? How much research did you guys have to do for this book, and how much just kind of came natural to you? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how much Dave. Uh, I, I feel bad because because this is also another like artist writer thing. Is like how much reference do you provide, right? And I always especially if I'm doing something like that's not just superhero in New York city or whatever. Uh, I'm, I, I try to be like, here's what they're wearing. Here's what the buildings look like. Here's what the, the cups look like, but you don't want to, to overwhelm somebody and you don't want to, I don't want Dave to think I'm being like, so make it look exactly like this. Right. <laughs> right. Because, okay. because you know, that's not, that's not the intent. It's like, but you know, for, I, I've so I came to this from prose writing. You know, I've uh-huh. written a novel, I've written short stories, and uh, I've done other uh, kind of historical-based comics even. Mm-hmm. And for me, every project has different demands in terms of how rigorous you want to be. And with this project, I really um, I tossed a lot of it out the window and was like, "Fuck it, this is the wrong kind of sword for this era, and mm-hmm. this castle wouldn't have been here at this time." and I don't care because it's cool, you know, mm-hmm. nuns right. didn't dress like this, at the, but but whatever, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so to me, it really is kind of like more like a pulpy horror movie in that sense. That the, the point is not like historical accuracy as it is right. a fucking good story. Well, that, you know, so. that makes me more excited for it, honestly. I don't I don't want to be immersed in reality when I'm reading a comic usually. Yeah, because you have to you want to make it historically accurate but you have to help the scene whatever scene you're portraying and it's like a costume will have a big effect on that and if Mm -hmm. it's not totally accurate it doesn't matter if it's accurate for the character that is more important and if someone points it out you just say you're a nerd okay congrats you get a no prize (laughs) so happy but if the the costume helps the scene then that's the way i'm going to do it right Uh, saladin has held my hand like a gentle papa through the whole research thing. He had it all laid out for me uh, before we started. Like, this is what hats looked like. They were crazy, you know, because it's like 1450. (laughs) It's like anything you can find is from a museum or like a wacky-ass drawing, you know? (laughs) Like, oh, that's what uh, peasants look like? That's what, and so there's lots of wild stuff. We tried to make it, you know, accurate for the period but character is the most important thing you know Mm -hmm. so you're going to dress the character 
to just portray their purpose in the story. Totally. But Saladin was super helpful. He had a whole whole folder of stuff for me to at least start with because when you're doing history, if you're drawing modern day, you can just make it come off your head because you see people all the time. Totally. Uh, or normal people do, not me, because uh, I'm a comic <laughs> artist. <laughs> but when it's like historical, you have to have an answer for every question. What is this guy? What is this guy? How's this guy going to look different from this guy? You know, it's like you got two random dudes. You got to make them look, you know, separate. Uh, so Saladin had starting points for everything for me, for costumes, location, uh, character design. Um, so at least I could jump off from him. He wasn't strict, like like he said, like, you know, it has to be like this. It's just a jumping off point, which helped tremendously. All right, let's awesome. let's take a moment here for you guys to brag. I, I don't know if we mentioned that this is available on Kickstarter right now and people can support it, but what is the... How uh, dare you mention the Kickstarter? We're talking about <laughs> art. What's the dollar you guys are at right now on Kickstarter? Seven dollars. So everybody buy a copy now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want us to eat? No. It's uh, I, I know we've broken six figures, so uh, it's yeah. it's wow. pretty exciting. Yeah, it's pretty thrilling. Yeah. Very very cool. Well, yeah, guys, uh, go ahead, hop on Kickstarter, go support Dragon. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I can't remember. Do you guys have a a timeline for that when that's sort of expected to hit? I think there's uh, oh when it's coming out. Uh, so we've been super cautious with this because uh, this is of course a different kind of beast where we're handling the printing and the shipping and all of this stuff. And so mm -hmm. um, uh, we'll probably be wrapped by the end of the year, but we're talking about something like June to have the whole product finished, printed, and shipped out to people. You know, just in case something goes crazy. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, because you can't predict this year. So <laughs> absolutely I mean, not. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. So yeah. Um, We're just gonna say June. Real quick, uh, just because I'm I'm not totally sure. Have either of you guys done uh, like a fully like creator owned thing before, where you you've handled all of it at least on this scale, or is this your first time experimenting with that? No, this is new for me. I've done you know sort of like stuff at Boom, for instance, with original characters, but that was with. That's a very different thing. Um, yeah. We've been working with uh, Nate Cosby, who's really brilliant, uh, uh, doing editing and kind of helping package and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's a, it's an invisible job for uh, for readers, but uh, editing is a, a you know this stuff would be shite without it, right? So, uh, um, having somebody in place who has a kind of big picture view of the story and can communicate between everybody is, has been like super helpful. So. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it. There's nothing like putting this whole thing together yourselves to realize how much work goes into making a comic book, not just the yeah. art of the story, but the physical book, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's education, but uh, yeah, a, a cool one. Sweet, sweet. Well, I think that'll wrap up our discussion on Dragon. Um, next part, Ethan uh, had a fantastic question that he wanted to toss <laughs> out there, and I'm super excited to get into it. We were mentioning it just a little bit up at the top of the show. Ethan, yeah. you, you want to hop in here? You want to mention something? Or... Well, I think we're all we all here are fans of this little obscure character called Spider-Man, and it, that makes us very interesting people when you find that out about us. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Saladin, you're doing awesome, awesome work on Miles Morales right now. Uh, and we, I mean, that was the first comment we got in the chat for this stream was that people are loving your work on 
Miles Morales. Um, and so I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, but I wanted to ask you personally, what's the experience was like of kind of taking that baton from Bendis and, and, and making that character your own? Because I think you've really done it. And uh, I'm, I, I, I would love to know what that process was like for you. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. That's very kind. And uh, uh, it's been wild. You know, it was very intimidating, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Lowe, who's the sort of senior editor there for the Spider Office, came to me and said, uh, we want you to take over Miles. And I was like, yes, I would love to. And I was also kind of like freaking out because it was, you know, I'd done uh, some work for Marvel, obviously, but Black Bolt is a kind of like, weird yeah. obscure character in comparison to somebody who's got a big major oscar winning movie uh, uh coming <laughs> out right and uh uh so it was it was a level up uh uh and that's always just kind of professionally that's intimidating because mm -hmm. you know you're like people are watching more people are watching you more closely but uh but also i knew the character meant a lot to a lot of people um yeah. uh and for i mean you know it's Marvel, so you could find like the weirdest, most obscure character, and there's still hundreds of people to whom that means a lot, right? So I've had yeah, people right. come up to me and be like, "Like Black Bolt means everything to me, right?" <laughs> um, but, but 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 Miles is like a different order of magnitude of popularity, and and the reasons are more personal that people uh, attach to him, and uh, and so it was all pretty intimidating. But I definitely had some ideas about where I wanted to go with him in terms of bringing him kind of back to to being a neighborhood superhero and uh, right. making him the book, the book about Brooklyn where, you know, I'd, I'd lived there for a number of years and um, yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to make it like a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man book, even though there's a different totally. books. Sorry, Peter, that had that name, but, um, totally. but, but that, that kind of orientation and, uh, and also it being a book about kind of our time and, you know, I mean, fans, especially younger fans who are coming to comics now, um, uh, they, you know, they're very aware of the world that they're coming up in and in the world that they're dealing with. And uh, they, they want their heroes to reflect that in some way. And uh, it, it made sense for me, for Miles to be a character that really embodied that. And uh, um, so, so it was, it was just fun. And it's been, uh, it's been great to be able to stick with him so long and kind of go through different yeah. kinds of storylines and, yeah, and we got some amazing stuff coming up that I'm really excited about. So. Yeah, there, that's cool. There were there were two chat comments that kind of followed up on that. One was asking. Uh, it was from uh, Adam on YouTube. He asked what you thought about the the big game announcement on the PS5 with Miles Morales. Yeah. If you're excited for that, yeah. and if that adds to your pressure, that kind of attention for your writing when you're working on that character. <laughs> uh, you know. The, I, I put so much pressure on myself that I don't know <laughs> anything, you know, adds to it. But uh, the, the Miles game looks great. I, you know, I know folks who are involved in making it who are all very smart and cool right. people. And, and so um, I haven't been involved in it. So it's going to be, uh, you know, like going to the Spider-Verse film. In fact, you know, uh, uh, I was very kind of deliberately like, I don't want to see anything from this. I just want to go watch this movie with my kids. And we did, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, on launch day, I'll I'll buy it like a civilian and I'll play the game and uh, mm. uh, you know and me and my kids will mess around and be Miles and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of wild with these characters because you can do that they're so big and they're in so many places at once that uh, 
even if you're centrally involved in their story, there are going to be other places where you're like, I'm a, a consumer here and it's cool. It's, yeah. you know, you, it, so, so yeah. Yeah. And then just one last note to kind of wrap that up. Colin Shelton asked what, what can you tell us anything about your plans? Ultimate universe wise, what's going on? <laughs> There've been a lot of questions about that because, uh, so for those who are, are not following the Miles book, uh, a villain has shown up uh, in Miles's world uh, who is the Miles Morales of the actual 616 mile, uh, uh, Marvel Universe because right. Miles himself, of course, originally comes from another world, right? Another universe mm-hmm. and uh, uh, is one of the few who survived the apparent destruction of that other world. Um, but uh, as, the, as it sort of merged with, uh, with, with our reality, right? Um, what I've been doing in my book is uh, Miles inexplicably, and a lot of people have said, why does he suddenly not know about this? And, and the explanation is slowly being unraveled in these issues now. Um, Miles has sort of forgotten that he's coming from another world because these two right. worlds have sort of started to merge, right? And with them, right. his memories have sort of re- repatterned themselves to, to, to fit where he's at now. Uh, but this villain appears uh, who's traveled back and forth between worlds, and there's a lot of crazy stuff. We've got the ultimate Green Goblin, who looks more like he looked in the Spider-Verse film as the right, sort of right. monstrous thing. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff. And then there's going to be, like, some really crazy ripples uh, coming from that storyline that are going to, like, introduce, like, you know, people always talk about wanting more antagonists for Miles, and we've got a, like, awesome kind of arch villain that we're building toward and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah lots of cool stuff happening with that so awesome that's great oh, hell yeah uh guys can we get some chains in the chat for miles morales being a super dope <laughs> character please <laughs> i did see a question also in the chat that i'd like i don't remember who asked it but uh did you have much talk like did you talk to bendis much about taking over miles morales or did is that just kind of he he stepped out of the way and let you go we have never met or communicated really? wow. and, 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 wow. and not in and not out of any sort of hostility or anything like that whatsoever. Just sort of I I had the sense and, and I understand this as a creator that he had birthed this kid essentially, right, into the right. world and was sort of like, but unlike your actual children, you have to hand these around, right? Right. And and, yeah. and it can be an emotional thing, right? And so I, I had the sense that he was sort of like, I've done my thing here. Now I'm going to go write Superman. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going to do whatever with Miles is going to do whatever with Miles. I mean, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that, was, that yeah. was the sense that I had, right? Was that he had this healthy sort of uh, uh, parting of the ways and sort of didn't look back a whole lot even as he was sort of in other media, helping shepherd Miles into the world, right? And so, um, and for me, and that fit really well with me as a creator, because I'm also, you know, another character I took over was, was Ms. Marvel, right? And uh, it was a, a similar process, taking over this character from the person who created them, right? I'm like writing like Peter or Cap or something like that, right? Yeah, right. And uh, I was like, I, I want to respect what you did, but also it just won't work if we try and collaborate on this handover in, in a super direct way. And so um, it's been a very healthy process in both instances. And I've been thankful that everybody involved is, is cool, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. I think that it would be kind of, it could hamper you possibly to talk to him right off out of the gate. Like maybe someday when you guys have 
both written it for a while and you can kind of, you know, exactly. talk about it then yeah. and it'll be interesting. But yeah, that's a, yeah, that's good. Totally. And I just want to say, cause, uh, we're, we're just having some fun in the chat, making, making jokes about beef and everything like that. But just to clarify, it sounds like there's no beef and everything is totally cool. Just to make sure that everybody's right. on no, the same page. No, there is beef. Page. Leading cool right about this. Get no, this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even, don't even, don't even fuck around about that, you guys, because people run with this stuff and it's I'm like, totally joking. I, I, yeah. I had yeah. like, I, Miles wouldn't be here if not for, for what Bendis did. And so to me, it's always like you, you, you put your own spin on a character, but you always honor the legacy of, of what came before. And, and to me, that's what I've been trying to do. And you've done a fantastic yeah. job, brother. Um, hey, hey, Dave. Uh, you, to my knowledge, you have not written Miles Morales. <laughs> Uh, well, it was rejected. I keep sending the pitches, but um, <laughs> so far nothing. They're just not ready for it. It's just too edgy. It's too good, is what ah. they said. So, no, I just want to point something out about Dave. Dave has worked, been working on um, Elvira for Dynamite Comics for yeah. quite a while, and uh, it's like the best kept secret, great art comic book in the world. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's really awesome, and also I think that it's super weird that super weirdo <laughs> Dave, who clearly would love Elvira ended up drawing an Elvira book because that is just like um, perfect. The funny thing about that is uh, I'm, the writer and I, David Avalone, like we've done everything together at Dynamite for like five years. Mm -hmm. um, and so we weren't working together and I was like, uh, you know, we were just chatting. I'm like, well, what are you working on? He's like, I'm working on a pitch. What is it? Elvira. And I go, you had better put my fucking name next to yours because <laughs> I've been a huge Elvira fan my whole life you know yeah, sure. since I saw her Coors Light display at the party store <laughs> 1986 wow and so he's just like really I go yeah put me on there and so he got the pitch approved he only had five pages and then um I got on the book and he's just like okay well how do we finish it like <laughs> like he didn't know how to tackle it he did he thought it was going to be like house of secrets you know like some kind of horror thing and i go it's a comedy it's like a bob hope you know uh but with horror stuff he's just like oh okay so i sent him all these like ryan you'll love this all these 50s and 60s comedy books from dc like bob hope and like uh <laughs> anything bob oxner used to do back at dc and That's I just funny. sent him all that stuff, and uh, that was able – he was able to click for him, and uh, it's just been good ever since. I think it's important to point out that Dave and I are the exact same age, and yet <laughs> <laughs> he knows all this weird – it was funny, too, because I, I was making fun of Dave for – when I found out he was a huge Elvira fan, I was like, that is a really weird thing for somebody. <laughs> you know? And then Ricky Purden, who works at Marvel, he's the talent relations guy, is an even bigger Elvira fan. Yeah. I was telling him, oh, yeah, yeah Dave's done that book. He loves Elvira. He's like, I love oh, Elvira. He's, he starts showing me pictures of him with Elvira at a convention and all this stuff. Like, what is oh happening? God. Is oh the whole God. world a huge Elvira fan? And I just didn't know. Going You're on. not hip to it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not hip to it. Like we were saying, is that every character and concept has a whole group of people that like really care about it, and like the yeah. fact that like you can like with comics you can find out that there's an Elvira book and it's great. Like that's like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is now I have a signature character for commissions. It's just mm. like you know mm -hmm. ten Elvira commissions in a row. Like that's like great. Yeah, I'll draw that till I die. Perfect. Awesome. Totally. So I guess uh, real quick chat. After this, we'll we'll take some of your questions. So if you guys want to pop off in the chat, 
get some questions for these guys. That would be awesome. We'll get to a couple of them in a minute. Um, but while uh, while we wait for those to come in, I want to ask both of you guys because, of course, Elvira is this like sort of cult character that we've got. But of course, she's she's stood the test of time, right? And Miles Morales, of course, is going to be is going to outlive all of us. Uh, and so I just want to get you guys' thoughts on you know what it's been like working on characters that have that sort of impact and what it's like um you know having your fingerprints on something as iconic as those two characters go ahead saladin <laughs> it's uh it's hey you, you did you draw the shadow or something like that i did draw yeah yeah, yeah. 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 why don't you cool. go ahead man <laughs> um it's uh i don't know it's cool <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> know, right? yeah it's cool because you get to look back at all the different iterations of that character and kind of take the pieces you want you know uh and kind of build your own ultimate version of it so i've done like the sh- the shadow i've done doc savage another thing that 90 year olds love <laughs> um, and uh elvira and it's yeah like uh, you definitely feel like you want to do it justice, especially if you're like a huge fan of that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's, you just got to do your job ultimately and do what's best for the story. So hopefully you get a good, you know, uh, good story to, to work with, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally. or, you know, cause you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm on Batman, but it's like, you know, it's Asriel's Batman now. Like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, sh- oh man. <laughs> You know, so hopefully you get a good era of that character to work with. Real quick, Ryan has always been just so close to Peter Parker, right? But he's he's had all these different versions of Peter. He's had Kane, a clone of Peter <laughs> Parker. He's had uh, Superior Spider-Man, Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body. Mm-hmm. He's now working on Venom, you know, a little sort of dark side uh, uh, Spider-Man. So he's kind of been in that park of like, of course, he's you've, you've done Renew Your Vows, which is Peter Parker, of course. Um, alternate universe. But alternate universe, alternate Peter universe. Parker. <laughs> you've never, so you've never drawn the actual Peter book then? No. Uh, right? Oh, no, I did. I did. Yeah. I, the first Spider-Man book that I did was Amazing Spider-Man 665, or I think. And uh, that was with the real Peter Parker, and that's kind of what got me going in the in the Spider-Man world. Uh, so yeah, I did I, the one issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I've never done <laughs> issue of Amazing Spider-Man though. Otherwise, you did Venom Inc. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that was also Amazing Spider-Man. You're yeah. right. I forgot that came out in that. Yeah, you know what? I I've drawn Spider-Man too many times. It's, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> And you'll draw them a whole bunch more in King in Black out this December. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? We kill him on page two, so. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, cut it from the live feed. Cut Sorry, it. guys. Yeah. Cut it. <laughs> uh, Saldine, why don't you go ahead uh, with the drawing iconic shit. Drawing yeah. iconic, iconic shit. Yeah, I draw. It just sucks. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and never show anyone. Um yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's really uh, you know, writing character like Miles or a character like Ms. Marvel or um, Black Bolt or it's it's there are like you said, there's so many attachments to it. You're part of a legacy, um, and you know Marvel is uh, sort of it's the type of universe where interconnectivity is so stressed that even if you're drawing a Spider-Man book. 
if you draw enough issues, you're eventually going to, you know, or writing enough issues, you're going to write Iron Man. You're going to write Cap, you know? So it's, so I, I always find my way, for instance, to bring Steve back into it, you know, because Steve Rogers is like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's funny because I'm this rabid leftist that's uh, you wouldn't think is that into Captain America, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I just always somehow that guy always ends up in my stories, and uh, yeah. um, it's it's you know it's powerful to think about the fact of like you know uh, Jack Kirby or Stanley uh, or you know whoever else being involved in this character over the years, and then you're contributing to that, and then. People, what's really amazing is when you see, you know, and you ignore all the people who hate it, but when people who dig what you're doing talk about it with each other and talk about it in line with these other depictions that have happened over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it's, uh, you know, it's cool. It's cool to feel part of something like that. It's kind of like when you stare at the stars too long and you start having an existential crisis where you're like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I, I, I can't even think about it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny you bring that up, Ryan. This tattoo I have on my forearm, you can't see it. Uh, it has a Japanese word that is is meant to describe that exact feeling of looking up and being like, (laughs) (laughs) and I imagine that it's a similar vibe, uh, staring down the barrel of a Spider-Man book, right. Is, is, is you're going to be a part of that forever. And that's awesome. Saladin, how does it compare? Cause you did your own prose novels before going to comics where you created your own mythology from scratch. How does it compare starting from your own, to jumping into 80 years of mythology. Is it harder or is it easier? I mean, it's, it's, it's just really different things. You know, there's nothing like feeling like, like when you see fan art, right, of a character you made up in your mind that only exists in prose, mm-hmm, and then right. somebody draws that character, it's like, oh, wow, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, unless you're like George R. R. Martin or somebody like that, the, just the scale in terms of popularity is, is just so different. And in terms of impact, it's just so different than, uh, you know, when you're talking about something that you've created that's, that's in your own world and maybe a few thousand people see it, right? But uh, when you're talking about something that it's a Marvel character and people from all over the world for decades have, have connected with this character, it's, uh, it's two different kinds of energy, I guess. Mm. Hell yeah. Awesome. Hey, Ryan. Hey. <laughs> you, you, you drew a book called Absolute Carnage. Um, and uh, we had a question in the chat from John Iker, uh, a good friend of the show, frequent listener, best dude, did some design work for us. He had a question actually about, uh, Saladin, your participation and your working, possible working with uh, Donnie on that. He's asking, um, did you help kind of write the uh, Miles part in that series or get in contact with Donnie about, cause of course Miles goes to a very dark place in that yeah. story. And uh, so talk a little bit about the collaboration there or how that might've gone down. Yeah. There, you know, there were, there were definitely, I think some questions that floated up uh, uh, in that crossover. And I think that mostly it was because uh, you know, in on paper, the events that happened in the two books are the same, but they're from very different perspectives, right? And so mm-hmm. they they felt like divergent for people, and I understand why. But um, for me, it was really important to kind of, whenever I do a tie-in, uh, it, it's important to 
tell a self-contained story in that tie-in as well as kind of tell a story that contributes to the to the larger story and so you know we were definitely we were walking that line i think there are places where we were um uh more successful than others but i think that it was it was a great book to write i really i had a blast with that book it looked gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, uh federico and i'm not gonna be able to pronounce his last name vincentini i believe uh, uh just did a beautiful job with that book and um uh yeah it was, so donnie and i weren't like in super tight communication like you know mm-hmm. day by day but there's always coordination you know marvel to make a universe like that work there has yeah. to be some yeah. coordination so i've been at retreats where donnie had pitched uh the event beforehand i'd see notes we exchanged outlines all of that kind of stuff so uh it, it's it's it would be absolute chaos rather than absolute carnage if uh, <laughs> if, if you didn't have that kind of communication dave uh would you like to um, talk about your involvement in Absolute Carnage? Did you have any involvement? <laughs> he did. This is Dave did have some some yes. Dave did do some stuff on Absolute Carnage. What did you do, Dave? I Uncredited for I... Yeah, I can't talk about it. Like <laughs> Dave helped me out. I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I. I I'll, no. I'll say it. I'll break the news here, Dave. I had to come to my house at the end of the Absolute Carnage uh, uh, run to help me because I had a bunch of pages drawn, but I needed to finish them. So Dave helped me out with some backgrounds and stuff like that. Oh, you were you were in tears. You were like, Dave, I'm at the end of my rope. I need help. You mm-hmm. have to come over. Drop what you're doing. Yeah. Get your wife and kids and your own art. You have to come <laughs> over. And I held you as you wept. And together, <laughs> we finish this. this Dave project. made me pay him in oh, unmarked bills for some reason. That was strange. Well, <laughs> you know, I didn't want it to put me in another tax bracket. My tax guy says, uh, "Yeah, it's beautiful." It's cool to have like a buddy artist that you can just hang out with and both draw. You know, yeah, because we do on yeah, Skype, right, but right. it's just like, oh yeah, like another human doing my job. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to look at all your art tools and I bought everything that you had. Like, I'm like, this is it. This pencil, <laughs> these little pencil gel. Magic. What's, yeah. That's what's going to take me to the next level. And um, go ahead. When you think about it between Dave working on some backgrounds, Ryan, you drawing it. So Dean, we're doing a tie in book and really like me and Ethan kind of working on marketing a bit. Cause we plugged the shit out of that <laughs> with this podcast and our Twitter. So when you think about it, we all kind of worked on absolute carnage. Yeah. In this chat. And I guess bit. what I'm yeah. saying is Ryan, I still haven't gotten a check. Cash up front, man. What are yeah. you thinking? You gotta get cash from me in person. I dole it out like Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. You know what? Just so then the world knows that Ryan Segman is a fantastic dude. After our signing at Vault of Midnight, he did hand me a couple of bucks, and it was great. He's got a roll. He's got a roll. You gotta catch him in a good mood, and boy. You just... <laughs> I just I gotta make it so my wife doesn't know I'm giving away money. It's when she's involved that I don't get to give any out. <laughs> Ryan has a lot of cash he's got to hide. So if you can, yeah. you can get in on that, do it. Dakota uh, asked if I had gotten a coat. No coat yet. No coat. Still waiting. You, no you're coat. freezing. It's a problem. Um, 
I have a question uh, for Dave and Saladin, but I think Hold Dave on. should answer this one first. Hold no, on. no, let me ask this question. What? Well, no, I wanted, before we get away from Absolute Carnage talk, I wanted oh. to say really quick that one of the most fun little twists of Absolute Carnage was getting a Carnageified J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, oh, and, thank you. <laughs> and, that was uh, really not, fun to do. Not only do you write a great JJ, but that like made me smile a lot. That, like, <laughs> I just was so excited to see him turn into that. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I was glad when they gave us permission to do that. Now that Ethan's asked the real question, my question is so stupid. Uh, <laughs> my question is as follows. Dave, what's your favorite store? Oh, Costco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, duh. Okay. They have, this is a Coors Light that is from a 36-pack uh, that they sell only at Costco. Uh, Pre-COVID, you get a nice slice on your way out or on a hot yeah. dog and sit down. Yeah. They don't have tables anymore. No, Dave's I always call it, I call into the Skype group when I'm driving to Costco. Because <laughs> it's the, like, you know, usually I'm interrupted by kids and stuff. Uh so it's like my free time, and so I call into the Skype group. So they just think I'm only always going to Costco. But it's like twice a week. I mean, it's it's over. No, no. And if you're gonna, you know, stock up for COVID, that's the place to go. All that's right. True. I would make like one thing a month during the quarantine, and you know, I would I would spend like like I was buying a TV, but I would buy like that's how much. Frozen chicken and stuff I would buy. Man, I mean, I Dave actually texted me like, do you need toilet paper? I could drop something. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. I was like, you're awesome, dude. You need anything? Cause I got a van full of it, all right? I'm not running out. Yeah, Dave, Dave will send us his picture of his cart from Costco because he's so proud of <laughs> his haul. Oh, man. I do so good there. <laughs> you're back. Welcome back, Griffin. He's back. Um, we I, we got a question that I was interested in from the chat, which was KPHM42 asked what That's you guys Kenny favorite Porter. Oh, oh fuck yeah, Kenny. What's Kenny. up, dude? Um, he asked what your favorite movie adaptation of Dracula is, and I would add, why is it the recent Dracula Untold? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's a good-ass mm. question. Uh, Alan, you I... Want to I actually haven't seen Dracula Untold. Um, uh, gosh, that's that's hard. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a pretty like I like classic Universal horror. The uh, the '70s version with Frank Langella, which like mm. nobody ever mm. really talks about, is pretty pretty cool just because it's got that really sleazy 70s lighting where it's like yeah. <laughs> it, it, fe it feels like it's kind of a porno but it's not you know mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. 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 uh okay i i like francis ford coppola's version mm -hmm. um but i think my favorite dracula adjacent movie is dracula's daughter just from the it's the direct sequel from Bela Lugosi's Dracula from like 31. Mm -hmm. right. um, and uh, it starts with like Van Helsing's on trial for the murder of Dracula in the first movie. And like two cops show up and it like starts right at the end of Dracula. And two cops show up and they're like, what happened here? And <laughs> Van Helsing's like, I killed him. I killed Dracula. He's in there. And like, it's so low budget. The cop just opens the door and just looks in. He goes, 
don't look in there. <laughs> like, they don't even show, like, a steak or or anything. And they just, like, well, take our word for it, audience. It is nasty. <laughs> so they arrest Van Helsing. And then Dracula's daughter shows up. And um, the act it's actually really good. The actress is super creepy. Um, it's got a really good, like, creepy vibe. Um, I like like way better than um, Bella Lugosi's Dracula. I love Christopher Lee stuff, uh, of course. Um, uh, can, can I answer this yeah. question? I want to say my favorite is the black exploitation film Blackula. Mm. <laughs> Blackula, listen, I just rewatched Blackula and screamed Blackula. Of course screamed. you did. You're and so weird. I was real mad because I never knew that Pam Greer was in Scream, Blackula Scream. I would have watched it a hundred years ago. Right. Like, uh, Blackula is fucking cool. Yeah, uh, it's, actually, it's actually a pretty kind of scary vampire movie, actually. It's yeah. not yeah. like, like people, I think the, the reputation of it is like, like wow, what's a wow, 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 you know, like seventies yeah. exploit black exploitation, but it's, it's he, he's a creepy vampire. Yeah. yeah. Get this, okay. The first ten minutes of Blackula is uh, Blackula. Um, I forget his name, but he's like the king of African nation. He goes to another king in Europe, and they're talking or whatever, and uh, he's like, okay, and uh, the other the European king he's talking to the white dude. He's like, okay, I like your wife. I'm gonna take her as my slave. And Blackie's like, the fuck you are. And so he's like, well, guess what? I'm really Vlad the Impaler. I'm Dracula. Okay, I'm taking your wife and I'm making you a vampire and I'm putting you in a coffin before you can feed for the first time. So he turns <laughs> oh, Blackula into a vampire and then leaves yeah. him in the coffin until he's on Earth by uh, by this uh, gay couple who are looking for right. antiques. They find the coffin, right. they open it up. It's Blackula and he's ravenous. He's never eat, he's never fed, but he's never but he didn't die. So he's been in this coffin the whole time. So he goes on a spree. Like oh it's God. such a good mix because like. Black exploitation was always like surprisingly progressive. Mm -hmm. yeah, so right. like exactly. there's a gay couple, and it's like that. You know, it's like your protagonist, and it's not like you know condescending or anything. Like you just accept it. Okay, this is the couple we're following, and then Blackie right. eats them, and then Pam Greer. <laughs> I mean, watch anything, anything with Pam Greer. You're so mad you brought up Blackula. But Dave needs to have his own podcast talking about weird old movies and Costco. It would be like if you could have negative listeners, that's how it would go. Like I thought about it before. I'm just like nobody well, needs to talk about this. Dave and this and and this offer of course goes to you as well, Saladin. If if either of you would like podcasts made for you for free, uh, you hey, have our emails. <laughs> Here's our business card. Come on over, boys. Let's do it. Hell yeah, I'm all about it. Uh, and of course, Ethan already brought up Dracula Untold, which is I think I think the best one. And if you guys are going to be invested <laughs> in Universal's Dark Universe, that is definitely still happening and not an absolute shit show. You got to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch. <laughs> is Tom Cruise involved? He is. He is very well, honest, honest, actually. Yes. No, yeah. I have to watch it. I can't watch Dracula Untold now. I have to wait 25 years. That's just the way I am. Like then I'll okay. appreciate it. And, and okay. then you'll be able to. Yeah, sweet. Sure. This will be well, the movie that your son is watching when he's 39. Oh <laughs> Guess what my son is watching every day, all day? The Monsters. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that I had to turn it off the other day. On the tree. 
Oh my God, I created a monster. And like the best part is I'm too busy to sit and watch it. So I'm like, hey, hey, what happened? How did it end up? <laughs> and he's like, it's very oh, complicated. Man. It's always like a gag. He's like, Uncle Gilbert sent him a bunch of money to hold on to, but they spent it. And then Uncle Gilbert showed up and it was a creature from the Black Lagoon in a suit. Like, okay, thank <laughs> you. That's what I wanted to know. Well, we um, got a uh, thing from Andrew Bentham Riley that says, first time on the live stream. Can my girlfriend Olivia get a shout out? So, do you guys have messages? I wish, I wish we could. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we nope. could. That was cost <laughs> no, All right, hold sure. on. I got one. I got a DJ air horn. I'm gonna play. Olivia. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. We can't hear it on the Skype call, but it's oh, happening. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there it is. That's, oh, I don't oh. know if you can see. It. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. Real quick, while we're still talking about vampires. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some chains in the chat for olivia um uh while we're talking about vampires i just want to bring up uh of course mcu director taika Waititi before his big thor film did a little film what we do in the shadows and i fucking love that movie and the fx series is pretty yeah. great too you guys checking that out at all it's my favorite show Hell it's yeah. the only show I watch. Yeah. Literally yeah. the only show. I'm so mad it's over. That show is like one of the few things that brought me joy in the past few months during yeah. the quarantine. I was like, <laughs> oh, new season. Oh, fuck. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yep. And actually, the uh, even though it's a comedy, that opening sequence, which is like full of, and occasionally they do a little cut to during the show, of like medieval vampire imagery, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was really kind of was percolating a little bit in my head while I was working on those those scripts right, and sending, I know. Dave, sending Dave references and stuff like that. Yeah, so. you're like, you know the, the intro of what we do in the shadows? I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. Like, weird. <laughs> yeah. I love is it. Nan I love Nandor is in Dragon. Can you confirm this? Confirm <laughs> yeah, or deny. Uh, remember, everybody, werewolves, not swearwolves. Just to... <laughs> Good shit. Uh, Taika... Follows Ryan on Twitter. Ryan, reach out to him. Let's That's get him on crazy. the fucking show. <laughs> well, he might not anymore. I mean, I'm probably on thin ice. He did retweet <laughs> one time. My son, I gave him a marker to draw a picture, and my son just colored the entire paper black. Like, just filled it. <laughs> like, completely nice. black. And I wrote something about how I was very worried about him, and Taika Waititi retweeted it. <laughs> well, uh... I mean, we only ever made this connection with Ryan to eventually get to Taika with TD. So that's, that's uh, eventually, oh, it's it's going, it's going. It's maybe another fifty episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna another couple years of so free. Work. I've got Taika Waititi. I've got a Hemsworth brother, the one that nobody knows. He follows me. <laughs> now he probably, yeah, just, well, if he, he's he's probably in the chat like right now. Yeah. He is yeah. still following me. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! The well, most, hey, most famous person that follows me is Fred from Honolulu from The Best Show. Oh, yeah, we were both. Yeah. <laughs> you guys um, have the Best Show? What is it? It's a podcast. Uh, the Best Show with Tom Sharpling. Yeah. And I know of it. He's a awesome. caller who calls into the show, and for some reason, Dave and I were like, oh, Fred from Honolulu follows me. <laughs> <laughs> he's so... Um, He's so angry that I can't believe that he would like anything. So I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Nice. 
So real quick, uh, as we're winding down, one thing I want to touch on is that actually while we're while we've been doing this, Donny Cates has been doing a virtual panel about his new book crossover which was just announced so we had somebody in the chat wondering what the hell was going on with the show and why donnie's doing that and not this well of course he's gonna do that he's gotta chat up his his brand new thing and uh can we just say that that cover for crossover number one is fucking awesome it's <laughs> it really just is. incredible uh and uh so we wish him oh damn <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some chains in the chat for our buddy Donny Cates, who's not with us tonight, but he is plugging a super dope book. Ethan, uh, you should be jiggling your chains every time he says chains from the chat. Like, okay. there we go, there we go. <laughs> uh, and you need some Jacob Marley chains every time. <laughs> yeah. <into> the chat. <laughs> so uh, just to kind of wrap it up, um, Saladine, Dave, uh, you guys got any sort of like, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Anything? Your own stuff or other people's stuff. What do you want to plug while you got us? You got you got thirty five people in the chat right now. <laughs> yeah, I exclusively read my own stuff. <laughs> um, oh gosh, what I'm, I'm I'm reading a lot of middle grade books because uh, I, I read with my kids every night. So uh, right now I'm reading a book called The Battle, which is a middle grade novel. Uh, about it's a kind of like Jumanji type thing with kids sucked into a game and uh, it's pretty fun and then uh, playing that new uh, Ghost of Tsushima oh how do you like it is uh, that cool it's It's gorgeous I mean it's it's just I can't afford as many hours as I want to put into it but it's like you know it's my samurai simulator that I always wanted so hell yeah yeah. Dave how about you I'm watching a film from 1983 called Mausoleum. Uh, <laughs> like as he's doing the podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching it on the exercise bike lately. Uh, I usually watch stuff while I work, but I haven't had a chance to get the board last couple of days. Uh, so I'm watching it in pieces. It's great. I highly recommend it. It's like Evil Dead meets Dallas. <laughs> Evil Naturally. Dead. Directed yeah. by Sam Raimi, another Michigander and MSU yeah. alum. Um, I fucking love those movies. So goddamn good. Uh, you know what's Dracula motherfucker by Alex Campy oh, yeah. and Erica yeah. Henderson. I'm very excited. Cause I'm like another Dracula book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta get it. Never enough Dracula stuff. Ryan. And then I'm really looking forward to King and black. Number one. Mm-hmm. December. Plug. For, for when that sweet money comes in and you have to help me out again. I know. I'm start <laughs> get the cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you watch yeah. Sonic with your kids yet? I did not watch Sonic with my kids. Oh, uh, you should. You should. I'm trying to. I'm trying to sell them on Rookie of the Year right now. That's my plan. Rookie of the Year. It, you're talking about the one where the he breaks his arm and he's a yeah for the Cubs. Oh, fuck. Henry Rowan Gardner. Fuck yeah. Uh, but they're they're really fighting me on it. So we're just kind of in a where to stalemate at the moment. It's a great film. Great so film. So we've just been going back to watch Full Metal Alchemist together mm. until I can to, to come over to my side. Are you watching the original version or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? The original. Interesting. I haven't watched it. I've watched Brotherhood, and I thought it was dope. I don't know if you guys know this. Griffin studied film, but he also studied anime. He's the guy that knows everything oh, yeah. about anime. 
<laughs> he doesn't know anything about anime, does he? Do you? I really don't. I like just got into anime like in the past year or so, and so I'm just watching all the He's seminal the biggest stuff. weeb that I know. Oh my god! You got to talk to Kenny Porter. You got to have a Kenny Porter podcast talk about anime. Listen, we I've chatted with Kenny before. Kenny's the best dude. He's been on the show before, and uh, I just texted him the other day. We're gonna have him. We're gonna do a little Kenny Porter week. We're gonna have him on Stegman, yeah. and we're gonna have him on oh, Supple Boy. That's gonna be great. But so there's a little tease I, for the next couple episodes. Kenny Porter is like, he's like my personal Google. Like right. whenever I have a question, I'm just like Kenny, Kenny. How did Thomas Wayne make his fortune? Oh yeah, you did that today, and he had an answer for you. He was That's ready to awesome. go. That's so awesome. It's like he's so rich. He's just a doctor. Like he's maybe rich, but how do you get rich, rich? So any dumb question like that, like before I Google it, I'm like, Kenny's just gonna give me the answers. I do, here's what I do is is with Dave is I'll be like, hey, I watched like ten minutes of some weird movie yesterday, and then I just describe the weirdest part that I saw and he's like oh yeah that was <laughs> he tells me everything about it I'm like oh cool no Shout the best is when Kenny, you talk about Kenny, music you're like you're like what's the what's the worst Rolling Stones record yeah be, oh man it's black and blue like obviously yeah Dave Dave has a uh, a history with music we didn't get into that maybe people have you back someday what's that um but he um he Dave was in a band that basically uh, was like Kiss, where they dress, they wore makeup. Low rent Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. You didn't That's know that? Dope. Oh, you got to get Dave to send no, you. No, I know. I didn't know. Yeah, okay, okay now I had no idea. What instrument do you play? Guitar, and we did harmonized guitars, a la like Thin Lizzy. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Really? So it was like super like poppy for metal. Like we didn't detune the guitars or anything. Like it didn't occur. Right, right. <laughs> Ethan and I are actually working on a cover of Thin Lizzy's iconic "The Boys Are Back in Town." Of course, being titled "The Supple Boys Are Back in Town." Okay. So super excited for that. I'll tell you right now, it's in it's an A flat. Okay. And then it goes to um, yeah, A flat, B, and then F sharp. Actually, we've been we've been super excited about this. We've been prepping it. We've been waiting to do it live on the show. Uh, Dave, you're gonna play guitar. Ethan, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we actually one of our uh, one of our Black Bolt covers was uh, a knockoff of that Finn Lizzy album cover for Jailbreak, where they're all like running away. Jailbreak. And monitoring yes. them and, yeah. yeah. Who the hell drew that? Because it totally looks like a Marvel uh, cover, and I never figured out who drew that. Oh, so interestingly, it's an artist. I'm not going to. Jim Fitzpatrick is an artist from the 70s uh, who also designed the famous Che t shirt logo. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 Interesting. I don't think we got any questions about Black Bolt, but we just got like a, a dozen statements about how fucking awesome Black Bolt is, your, your Black Bolt series. So that's just worth that was, noting. As mostly Christian, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, I think uh, I think that'll probably wrap us up for the show here. Um, I think fantastic conversation, fantastic having you guys with us. Any last words for the folks before we leave it off for the night? Saladin, what's the link? Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, slash... I, I think it's actually yeah. if you just go to Kickstarter.com, we are. The uh, project of the day today. So, oh, really? Uh, oh. I, didn't know I think we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're the first thing you see on there. So, or at least we were a couple hours ago. So, mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, please support dragon. it. It's like people have been asking about tiers and stuff, but we designed it where it's the ultimate version we want to do is the version everyone's going to get. So it's yeah. oversized, hardcover, glossy mm. paper, and there's yeah. going to be tons and tons of bonus stuff in the back. We didn't want to have tiers to unlock stuff. It's like yeah. that's the way we wanted yeah. it. So that's yeah. the book people are going to get. So please check it out. Awesome. 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 Hey, real quick. Uh, what are your Twitter handles? So then the people that definitely already follow you on Twitter can still follow you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Saladin Ahmed. All one word. S-A-L-A-D-I-N-A-H-M-E-D. Dope. All right. I'm uh, Dave Draws Good. Awesome. <laughs> Ryan is at David Ryan. Was taken. Uh, Ryan is at Ryan Poopy Pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have one parting, two parting thoughts. Number one, uh, congrats, guys, on the Kickstarter. I'm so happy Thank for you. you. Thanks. Uh, it was really cool watching it blow up. And my second thought is uh, Dave once punched the drummer of his band in the back of the head. Go on. <laughs> that's not true. His buddy punched me in the face. Oh, that's on stage. Uh, on stage, I, Dave got I punched. Fired, I fired the drummer on stage and then just... <laughs> Holy shit. That's right, pretty go. metal. That's pretty metal. Okay. Actually, yeah. real quick, because Dakota Crow's got a, a late question in here, and uh, he's a, a great dude and good friend of the show, so I wanted to get it in there real quick. What would be Black Bolt's favorite song, and what instrument would he play? <laughs> uh, there's the Phil that Philip Glass song that's like three minutes of silence, basically, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, and he, he's actually very skilled on the triangle, but most people don't know that. Okay, oh, that is cool. Uh, Dave, as a as a musician yourself, would you any, any sort of insight on that on what Black Bolt would be into? Uh, the boys are back in town, probably. Okay. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us for uh, another episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends. Uh, hey, Thank you. if you listen to the podcast version, the audio version, you're probably like, hey, where's the episode? Uh, it'll be out after this one. After we record this one, last week's will be out. It's a fucking mess, and I'm sorry. And the Supple Boys, thank you for your patience. It's fine. Uh, You're doing great, okay? These uh, people, thanks, Dave. Really cool. Thank you so much, Dave. That's this the sort of reassurance great. that I am looking for that Ryan Stegman doesn't give me. I did <laughs> not that. Bad, I'm good so, to you, okay? Tough love. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, where can you find the show? We're on Twitter and Instagram at Stegman Show. You can find me at Griff Sheridan, Ethan at Tales to Astonish. We're the Supple Boys. We have our own show called Supple Boys as part of the Amazing Friends Network. You can check that out, as well as Donnie Cates' Devil's Advocates Book Club. We've got a few episodes of that out right now with more on the way soon. Um, so please check all those out. Uh, all, all those are just right on the Stegman show handle on Twitter. So you can stay up to date. You can follow all the shows on, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, and podbean.com with, I don't know, maybe a hub website coming pretty soon. I don't know. Uh, Ethan. It'll be sick. <laughs> We're looking at a little something about branding. Interesting. Oh shit. Wow. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, watching. We love you guys. Um, drop some more chains in the chat to to leave us off. Ryan, good job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay amazing, friends. Stay amazing, friends. It's not the name. It's not the tagline. Yeah.